On Tuesday, Prince and Princess Privacy, Harry and Meghan Markle, claimed to have been involved in a, quote, near catastrophic car chase at the hands of a ring of highly aggressive paparazzi. A, quote, relentless pursuit lasting over two hours, resulting in multiple near collisions involving other drivers on the road, pedestrians, and two NYPD officers. Wow, quite the story. I was just waiting for the part where Megan held onto her Subway sandwich while the Nigerian white supremacist paparazzi told her that Manhattan is MAGA country. And I was not the only person, perhaps, to be skeptical of the story. For starters, the story resembled the car chase that ended with the death of Harry's mother, Diana, almost perfectly. Few other facts that raised some doubts about the Markle's claims include the testimony of the NYPD, which observed that the couple, quote, arrived at their destination and there were no reported collisions, summonses, injuries, or arrests, as well as the testimony of the cabbie who said, quote, I never felt like I was in danger. It wasn't like a car chase in a movie, as well as the fact that it's New York City, one of the most congested places on earth where it is not possible to have a two-hour or even a two-minute car chase because the traffic is always so bad. Even the liberal mayor of New York was not buying it. I would find it hard to believe that there was a two-hour high-speed chase. That would be, I find it hard to believe, but we will find out the exact duration of it. It's a very diplomatic way of saying it's just total BS. And it's not just the Markles, okay? If it were just the Markles, I'd let it go. We wouldn't open the show this way. But it's not just the Markles. It's the Markles and the media and the FBI and pretty much the whole regime. We are ruled by a bunch of BS artists. That is the inevitable consequence of a culture that shirks duty and favors fantasy and rejects the very notion of truth. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. We've got breaking news. I don't know if you got a push notification on your phone. Starbucks India has gone trans. We'll get to that in just a moment, to that very important story. First, though, speaking of lovebirds, did you feel it? Did the wind blow through your hair as we slid further down that slippery slope? Because you can go over to the chalkboard, you can put down another correct prediction for the social conservatives. We've slid further down the slippery slope. I think the score right now is 10 bazillion to zero in terms of predictions, but it doesn't really matter because the social conservatives continue to be right and the liberals continue to get whatever they want. This time on... Polygamy and polyamory. Remember when the conservatives, those crazy, fuddy-duddy, neurotic conservatives, they said when the libs were trying to redefine marriage that if we redefine marriage to include two men and two women, that pretty soon we're going to redefine marriage to include polygamy and polyamory. And it's going to be not just one man and another man, but one man and three women and two billy goats and a sheep. And guess what happened? That's exactly what happened from the New York Times. Quote, interested in polyamory? 
check out these places. Subheader, laws granting rights to people in polyamorous relationships are being recognized in more cities. Now to be clear, this isn't polygamy yet. This isn't redefining marriage yet. This is the first step. This is the civil unions of orgies. Okay, the the first step is we're just going to give some rights. Oh, what does it matter? Love is love. Who cares? Why are you such a fuddy-duddy? We're not redefining marriage to include polygamy, okay, you crazy person. And then within a matter of years at most, we're going to start seeing these, these new rights that we're extending to some people who are just a little bit different. That's going to be extended to redefining marriage if it hasn't been totally abolished already. Article, Jace Knight had heard about Somerville, Massachusetts while working on a PhD at the University of Alabama in 2020. The small city had recently passed a law granting domestic partnership rights, like the ability to receive employment benefits or make hospital visits, to people in polyamorous relationships. Mix Knight, that's what they do now, instead of Mr. and Miss and Mrs., even the feminist Ms., now, the people who are confused about their sex, they do MX, period. Mix Knight, who is non-binary and has been non-monogamous since 2014, was impressed. In late March, Somerville passed two more laws extending the rights of non-monogamous residents, this time banning discrimination on the basis of family or relationship structure in city employment and housing. Similar ordinance focused on housing is currently being discussed in Somerville city, and that's because Mix Knight has two partners and a partner of one of those partners, <laughs> and the you get the point. There are a bunch of other people like this, a bunch of other towns doing this. It's always the same script. It's always, we just want to visit people in the hospital. You know, you can change hospital rules, right? You don't need to fundamentally redefine <laughs> marriage and man and woman. You can you can just change visitation rules within the hospitals themselves. Well, we and we want certain non-discrimination rights. I don't know if you're a complete degenerate who has orgies all the time and is living in this bizarre arrangement where no one knows anybody's sex and you're all doing weird stuff all the time with multiple people. I I feel I should be able to discriminate against you. It, discriminate meaning distinguish from one thing to another. If I got two candidates for a job, thank goodness I'm not in the position to hire anybody or the NLRB would probably be on my back already before the end of this show. But if I were, I'm just saying this hypothetically in principle, if I were going to hire somebody and I wanted to hire, I don't know, a guy to look after my house, someone to look after my kids, let's say especially, but let's say just someone to look after my property, and I had two choices. I had a guy who was an upright family man, married, took care of his responsibilities, you know, went to church on Sunday, so just a good, a good guy all around. And then I've got this other guy who doesn't know that he's a guy and who's constantly engaging in weird bacchanals and orgies and is just so hyper-focused on sex and porn and obscenity that it's the only thing that goes between one ear and the other that's basically melted his brain. Which person do you think is going to be more responsible to, to do the job? Which person is going to have a better grasp on reality and morality <laughs> and the way that people are supposed to behave? But according to Somerville, Massachusetts, you're not, you're not allowed to even perceive that distinction. 
Haven't we gone a little bit far? Wouldn't you say there's a little bit of drift here from, hey, don't unjustly discriminate against the El Salvadoran over the Italian or something, versus, hey, don't discriminate between people who can't even understand the difference between men and women to say nothing of the fundamental political structure. If you cannot discriminate on the basis of what people think a family is, then what you're saying is you can't discriminate on the, on the fundamental political structure because that's the basic political unit. But the libs are discriminating. Of course the libs are discriminating. If you think that marriage is and family is what it always has been, you're out, man. Your views are not accepted anymore. You will be discriminated against in the culture and through the law. And what will be discriminated for is going to be Mix Knight with his 17 partners and their 22 partners and the billy goat. Not good, okay? It doesn't make our culture look good. Now, when you want to look good, you got to check out GenuCell. Right now, go to GenuCell.com slash Knowles. Did you know our friends over at GenuCell have upgraded their most popular package to feature their top-selling deep-firming vitamin C serum plus ultra-retinol moisturizer with natural retinol alternative? Right now, you can take advantage of this limited-time package. Upgrade for 70% off. Why waste time and money to go get work done on your face when you can get GenuCell skincare shipped right to your door? Here is a GenuCell.com review from Robert in Blessing, Texas. Quote, I purchased GenuCell as a gift for my girlfriend. She said she saw the results so fast. Her skin is noticeably softer and smoother. I can see and feel a difference too. She was already beautiful and GenuCell has made her more beautiful. And I'll tell you, I assumed GenuCell, I figured it was just for the girls, right? No, it turns out actually guys tend to use it even more than women too. We just don't like to admit it. Great company, fabulous product. And the founder is a great guy, Coptic Christian from Egypt, who came over here for the American dream. Go to GenuCell.com slash Knowles. Try GenuCell's most popular package for 70% off, featuring both GenuCell's Ultra Retinol and GenuCell's Firming Serum. Get a complimentary spa essentials box with every package order, plus free upgrade to priority shipping. That is GenuCell.com slash Knowles. GenuCell.com slash K-N-O-W-L-E-S. Speaking of slippery slopes... Some good news on this front. Bud Light continues to collapse. This is now, I think, the fifth week in a row. Retail data from Bump Williams Consulting and Nielsen IQ indicate that Bud Light sales have declined 23.6% in the week ending May 6th relative to the same period last year. This is an even worse decline than for the week ending April 29th which was an even worse decline than the week before and the week before and the week before. Not only is Bud Light dealing with this decline in sales, but the other Transheiser-Busch companies are also dealing with this decline in sales. Budweiser, Bud Heavy sales have uh, fallen 11.4%, the week ending April 29th and 9.7%, the week ending May 6th. Michelob Ultra fell 4.3%, 2.9% respectively. Natty Light, has fallen 5.2% and 2.5% respectively. So all of those companies are feeling the downstream effects of Bud Light and they continue to lose ground, though at least for them it seems to be leveling off. For Bud Light, not only are they losing sales massively, it's still getting worse. 
It shows no sign of letting up. Conservatives are showing no sign of giving up. Bud Light is not the only company going pro-trans. Obviously, we'll get to Starbucks India in just a moment. But this, this is a message. This, to me, feels a little bit different than other times that conservatives have pushed back a little bit against the culture. And the reason for that is that conservatives are keeping it up. I think Bud Light is just kind of done. Bud Light could fix it, of course. Bud Light, if the CEO came out and just apologized and said, sorry, we don't support the trans stuff. It's obviously a false anthropology. Sorry to offend you guys. Please buy our product again. We're going to put John Wayne on the can. Forget about Dylan Mulvaney. We'll put John Wayne on the can. I think people would go back and buy it, but, but Bud Light can't do it. This is the point that I was making with ESG and DEI and the, the international institutions like GARM that are partnered with the World Economic Forum, that are partnered with all, with all of the woke asset managers that are investing on the basis not just of what is going to increase profits to shareholders and not just what's going to please customers, but what is going to appease the radicals who are writing these ideological prescriptions for businesses. Bud Light is caught between a rock and a hard place because the more they appease the radicals who write the rules for the industry and and for for their company, the less the customers are going to like it. The the more the customers like their product, the less the woke-minded investors are going to like the product. So what are they going to do? They can't apologize. If they could, they would have by now. But they feel that they cannot. The other thing that's really great about this story, and people aren't focusing on it too much, is how much this has damaged the Dylan Mulvaney brand. Yes, he's still getting partnerships. Yes, he's still getting sponsorships. But I think companies are going to think twice now. If one picture of this dude on one can of Bud Light was able to destroy the most popular beer in America, and conservatives are not giving up on it, that is going to make, maybe not makeup companies, maybe not niche companies, but that is going to make normal, big, mainstream companies think twice before giving that guy any attention or any money. And that is a very, very good thing. We need to make this ideology. Well, it's not that we need to make it toxic for advertisers. It is a toxic ideology. We just need to demonstrate. We need to get it through the skulls of the advertising executives to see how toxic the ideology of transgenderism really is. Speaking of the relationship between leftism and business, Elon Musk continues to speak more and more clearly on political issues. He is going after George Soros, who is one of the biggest funders of leftist causes. And he's one of the clearest and most coherent in his radicalism. And because he's such a big hedge fund guy, he's able to fund a lot of those those issues. Not just a few bucks to Joe Biden here and there, but funding, for instance, a plan to install radical DAs in major American cities and then not prosecute crime. Really clever, really effective kind of left-wing activism. So because he's so effective and because he's got such deep pockets and because he's so radical, the libs hate it when we call him out. Elon doesn't care. Elon's going after George Soros and the, the liberal establishment, the guys on CNBC, they're begging him. They're saying, please, Elon, please stop talking about George Soros. We don't, we don't, we, we can't allow you to do that. You tweeted this thing about George Soros. 
Well, I'm looking for it because I want to make sure I quote it properly. But, I mean, you know what you wrote, but you basically... A city reminds me of Magneto. This is like, you know, calm down, people. This is not like made a, like a federal well, you, case out of it. You, also, you, know, <laughs> you said he wants to erode the very fabric of civilization and Soros hates humanity. Like, when you do something like that, do you Yeah, think I think about, that's true. That's my opinion. Okay, but why share it? Why share it? Especially, because, I mean, why share it when people who buy Teslas may not agree with you? Advertisers on Twitter may not agree with you. Um, why not just say, hey, I think this. You can tell me. We can talk about it over there. You can tell your friends. But why share it widely? I mean, I, I, this is freedom of speech. I'm allowed to say what I want. You wanted. absolutely are. But I'm trying to understand why you do, because you have to know it's got a... There, it, it puts you in, a, in the middle of a, the partisan divide in the country. It makes you a, a lightning rod for criticism. I mean, do you like that? I... You know, people today saying he's an anti-Semite. I don't think you are. No, I'm definitely. I'm, I'm like I'm like a pro-Semite, <laughs> if anything. That's a threat. Notice it's not an argument. It's not that the liberal establishment, typified by that MSN or CNBC guy, they're they're not saying, well, here's where you were wrong on the facts, Elon. Or actually, George Soros doesn't fund any left-wing causes. Or actually, fact check here. No, it's not. It's not an argument. The guy's admitting, yeah, okay, fine, your points might be true, but why say it? Why are you saying it? Mm, some investors might not like it if you say that. <laughs> Elon, now look, maybe it's true, but some advertisers might not like that. They actually, you know what they might do? Now, I would never do this, Elon, <laughs> not me. Look, I'm your buddy, Elon, but they might call you an anti-Semite if you keep talking out about the guys who fund all the liberal causes, you might, anti-Semite, what the hell, where'd you get anti-Semite from? They might call you a racist, Elon. They might call you a bigot. Because in America, the worst thing that you can be called is a racist. Anti-Semitism is one shade of, of racism. And George Soros is Jewish, so he said, well, that's the way we're going to do it. If George Soros, if the big funder of these, this particular kind of radicalism were black, he would have said, we well, wouldn't want to be called an anti-black racist, would you? Or, if the, or it, it doesn't even have to necessarily be about race. If, it, if the big funder were a homosexual, you wouldn't want to be called a homophobe, would you? If the big funder were a transvestite, you wouldn't want to be called a transphobe. It's just a threat. There's no argument here. He's not saying, Elon, you're wrong on the points. He's saying, shut up or we will ruin your business and take all your money away. And Elon, to his credit, says, okay, do your worst. So you just don't care. You want to share what you have to say? I'll say what I want to say. And if, 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 uh, if the consequence of that is losing money, so be it. Okay. Great answer. First of all, just tactically, I think this is a great answer even to preserve his wealth because it shows confidence, it shows leadership, it shows a clear vision, it shows this guy's not going to be bullied by some cable news anchor, certainly. So tactically, I think that's very effective just, just from a business standpoint. But at a deeper level, Elon is totally right. What Elon is saying here is, look, I'm the richest guy in the world. I've got all this power. I now own one of the companies that controls speech in the public square. I'm a powerful guy. And you're all threatening me. And you're saying, if I don't toe the line, then you're going to try to take some of my money away. 
Well, if I toe the line and I don't wield my influence and I don't get to say the basic things that I want to say, then what's it all for? Oh, I'm the richest guy in the world. But if I don't, if I don't have the ability to state my own perfectly normal opinion, perfectly accurate opinion, as even the cable news host seems to insinuate when he doesn't contradict him or refute him. If I don't have that right, then what good is all this money? What good is all this power if I can't actually wield it? Now, one great use of your money would be to go get some good ranchers today. Right now, head on over to goodranchers.com. Use promo code Knowles. Memorial Day is a time to honor and remember our brave servicemen and women who made the ultimate sacrifice for our country. It is also a time to come together as a nation, gather with loved ones, and enjoy some mouth-watering meals. What better way to do that than with premium 100% American meat from Good Ranchers? Good Ranchers is not like the other meat delivery companies that import a majority of their products. They are compassionate about delivering the finest 100% American meat right to your doorstep. Here's something special. Good Ranchers proudly offers a 10% discount to all past and present service members as a way of saying thank you for your service. But that's not it. In honor of Memorial Day, Good Ranchers is giving our listeners an exclusive opportunity. When you use code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, you can save up to 25% site-wide. From tender steaks to succulent chicken, GoodRanchers.com has it all. I'm on the road right now. One of the few things to really bug me is I don't get my Good Ranchers as regularly as I am able to at home. It's, the meat is just unbelievable. Fire up the grill on Memorial Day with your family and friends, knowing that the meat you're enjoying is not only of the highest quality, but also supports American ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com today. Use code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to save up to 25% site-wide. The more you stock up on, the more you will save during the Memorial Day sale. Code Knowles, GoodRanchers.com, Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. You know, despite the lackluster economy, the Daily Wire is thriving. Not only that, we are hiring. We are currently looking for a video editor to join our fast-growing post-production team. This person will get the opportunity to work on a variety of content, including our daily podcasts, long-form interviews, YouTube videos, as well as shows such as Ben Shapiro's Debunked, documentaries from Jordan Peterson, and more. Four-plus years of professional video editing experience and familiarity in working at a very fast-paced environment with high turnaround times is required. Bonus points for experience working on viral YouTube content. This is the perfect role for someone who can expertly follow standardized video editing formats while also processing, or rather also possessing a strong creative skill set. A link to your reel is required for consideration. The position is based in Nashville, Tennessee, because obviously our exes are in Texas. For more information and to apply, visit dailywire.com slash careers. That is dailywire.com slash careers today. Speaking of money, people who don't have money are being encouraged to kill themselves in Canada. New poll out. This is a result of the uh, National Post poll in Canada shows that 28% of Canadians approve of assisted suicide for homeless people. A fifth of respondents said that medical assistance in dying, which is the real clinical jargony way of saying assisted suicide, should be offered as an option to anyone regardless of medical or psychological condition. But then a greater number than that, not quite a third, but getting pretty close, said that homeless people should be permitted 
to kill themselves. This always happens. I guess the theme of the show today is the slippery slope, which is always right. And you will hear philosophers and you will hear social scientists and you'll hear politicians say, oh, please, don't, please stop making those silly slippery slope arguments. Why? I can, I can barely make a slippery slope argument right now because the wind is going so fast in my face. Wind's going through my hair. I'm going down that slide so fast. This always happens. This is what happened in the Netherlands. In the Netherlands, when they legalized medical assistance in dying, known as killing troubled people, we were told this is only for a handful of people. It's just for a handful of very, very old people who are going to die within weeks, days, hours, and they're in such terrible pain. And I know we have palliative care, but let's forget that for a second. That's not going to help my argument. We, uh, these people, they're begging to be released from their pain, please. As a compassionate person, you have to allow them and respect their choice. Okay, this convinced a lot of people who didn't think too broadly about the issue. We'll never open this up to us. And then slowly, the age requirements started being lowered. The medical requirements started being lowered. All of a sudden, people with depression, just depression, not terminal cancer, deeply painful, going to kill you in three days. No, no, just a little bit depressed. You could kill yourself. Then it came for children, children under the age of 12. Then it came for the handicapped, the disabled. Then it came for the mentally ill. Then in the Netherlands, there was a woman who had at an earlier stage consented to dying. And then a doctor came to her and said, okay, you're ready to die. Now that, you know, it's been a while, your progression, your, your condition has progressed. So I think it's time for you to die. And the woman said, not yet. And then the doctor said, nope, now's the time. And he secretly slipped her an abortion, not an abortion. (laughs) That's another way of dying. A, a, a suicide pill in her coffee. She realized what was happening. She said, spit it out, was fighting, was fighting back. Her family ended up holding her down as the rest of the murder continued. In, in Canada now, 3.3% of Canadians die by assisted suicide. That's up in just one year. That's up by almost 50% from something like 2.4%. You're seeing this now in the United States. You're always falling down the slippery slope. Now we're just going to kill the homeless. Now we're just going to kill the people who are inconvenient. They're a little bit of a burden. Oh, do you really? You've got to go visit granny on Saturday. Can't we just get this over with? That's what happens. That's what happens to a society that doesn't have a principle to hold on to, something tangible. To bring it back to the marriage example, if marriage is a discrete thing, if marriage is the union of a man and a woman, for the sake of the generation and education of children. If marriage is what it has always been, then we have marriage. But if we can just pull away at that bedrock moral anthropological principle, then marriage can be whatever the radicals want it to be. If we can can pull away at the commandment, thou shalt not commit murder, if we, if we can pull away at the aspect of natural law, which tells us about our obvious right and inclination to preserve ourselves, the radicals can redefine whatever they want. Speaking of homeless people, or people seeking new homes, the numbers are in on Biden's migrant surge. And 
According to Alejandro Mayorkas and the DHS, there was a record inflow on May 17th during the month uh, uh, during all of this time, we've got 137,374 migrants admitted. And then on top of that, you had roughly 40,000 new migrants through the border in the days just before May 11th. The April inflow exceeded 135,211 migrants who were admitted in April of 2022. Compare that all to Donald Trump. You see the numbers going up under Biden, especially in the last couple of weeks. But what does that mean? Is it up 5%, 10%, 20%? Joe Biden's April 2023 inflow is 87 times as many migrants as were admitted into the country on Trump's watch in April 2020. It's not 20% higher, 50% higher, 100% higher. 200% 200% higher, 300%, 400%, 500%. It's 87 times higher. Since January of 2021, when Joe Biden took office, the Biden administration has admitted roughly four and a half million migrants across the southern border. We lose sight of the scale of this stuff. So we think, okay, the libs get elected and things get a little bit worse. The conservatives get elected, things get a little bit better. That totally denies the radical difference in scale. There's, there is a difference in degree to the, the migration problem that almost seems to be a difference in kind. If you're talking about 87 times the number of people, that's very, very different. Joe Biden gets elected, we don't have a border. Donald Trump gets elected, we overturn Roe v. Wade and save hundreds of thousands of babies' lives per year. Those are very significant differences. In the past, it used to be, okay, one guy's got a red tie, one guy's got a blue tie. Whoever gets elected, nothing really changes all that much. But we're living in a much more polarized time. We're living in a time when people don't know what marriage is, when people don't know what an American is, when people don't know what men and women are, okay? And so just necessarily the swings that are going to occur when one party gets elected or the other party gets elected are going to be much, much greater, even with the bureaucracy and other power centers in our society not shifting based on those elections, even though it's just the elected government and some of the appointed officials who shift. The the less your society agrees on basic stuff, the wider the swings are going to be and the less social order and stability you are going to have. Speaking of lawlessness, the Supreme Court right now is going to determine the fate of the abortion pill in the U.S. Here is what New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy has to say about the prospect of regulating a pill that kills babies. If you get a bulk, um, uh, a, a bulk order of mifepristone, would you be then prescribing it out uh, in uh, defiance of the Supreme Court? To be determined. Hmm. Um, but when I say everything is on the table, Katie, I mean that. I think when, when you've got, this is going to cost this action generally, whether it's Mifepristone or whether it's North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, by the way, at six weeks. My wife and I don't think that we knew we were pregnant with any of our four kids at six weeks. So I, people need to understand that. But this is going to cost people's lives. It's going to cost them health. It's also going to cost people's lives, women in particular, sadly. And so if that's what's at stake, We'll do whatever it 
takes to save lives. People's lives obviously are at stake when we're talking about a drug that kills babies. People's lives are always at stake when, when women take drugs that can kill their babies. That's why it's being litigated. So it's not actually at the level of the Supreme Court yet. It's now just being litigated before federal court in Louisiana. It seems like it's going to make it all the way up there. And what does the New Jersey governor say? The New Jersey governor says, okay, let's say that in the future the Supreme Court makes its decision. Let's see them enforce it. What the New Jersey governor is saying is, I will engage in an insurrection. That's what it means. What's an insurrection? An insurrection is a violent uprising against the established political order. And what this guy is talking about is violent because the very act of taking this drug involves killing somebody, killing the, the type of person who is the most innocent person in society, a little tiny baby. That's what the libs are saying. That's a different kind of insurrection than the one we saw on January 6th. Sorry. January 6th, the worst day in the history of our country. Because on that day, which we're told it's the most violent, horrific, blood-soaked day in history, on that day, some guy from Florida took a selfie sipping a Coors Light in the Capitol Rotunda, and another guy waved at a camera while holding Nancy Pelosi's lectern. And the only person who was killed was one of the Trump supporters killed by a trigger-happy cop. And in this case, we're talking about the governor of New Jersey saying that the Supreme Court of the United States can go to hell, they're going to keep killing babies willy-nilly, send in the feds. The insurrection, much, much more intense on the liberal side, as it always is, as we saw during BLM, as we see with leftist violence around the country. That is not conducive to civil order and political flourishing. But we know this, speaking of political lawlessness, what did we get this week? We got the Durham investigation, which shows that not only was there no basis for the government to spy on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, not only was there no basis for the entire liberal establishment, including the media, to go after Trump as a Putin stooge for years and years and try to undermine his, not only his election, but also his presidential administration. But we found out this week that the CIA director was in on it, the FBI director was in on it, the vice president was in on it, the vice president who is now the president of the United States, Joe Biden, and the president himself, Barack Obama. They were all in on it. So one of the top dog Democrats to push the Russia nonsense was this guy, Adam Schiff, this congressman from California. Here I am in California right now in Mussolini's hellscape. Adam Schiff, maybe not even so far down the street. And what is his answer on, on being shown to be a, a complete liar on the Russia hoax. Here's what he has to say. This is an investigation that started in a flawed manner. It was conducted in a flawed manner. Uh, and its conclusion uh, is a, a flawed conclusion. Um, it began in a flawed way because this was the result of Donald Trump badgering Bill Barr to investigate the investigators. So it was brought really with no predicate except this is what Donald Trump was demanding and this is what Bill Barr wanted to have undertaken. So we have four years uh, of wasted effort. Uh, and worse than that, we have four years, I think, of uh, undermining the department in a political prosecution. Adam Schiff, I don't think he's Italian, but he's clearly learned a lesson from those New York Italians on the other side of the country. Deny till you die. That's, that's his answer. 
Um, Congressman Schiff, what do you make of the fact that this long, years-long investigation into the origins of the of the Russia investigation showed that uh, it was all fake and it was all cooked up, and we have on the record the biggest leaders in your party and in the government cooking it all up? Um, I, I suppose uh, my answer to that would be la 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 la. Can't hear you. La 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 la. That's his answer. His answer. Oh, the, inve- the special counsel investigation. Yeah, that was. It was always flawed. It's fake. Don't look here. Nothing to see here. Move along. Move along. And this is actually the best shot that Democrats have. I think of getting past the Durham report. The best shot they have. The best shot they have of maintaining their political influence and not seeing the pendulum shift back a little bit is just to say, oh yeah, it's fake. That Durham report, yeah, no, it's fake. John, John Durham, he's bad. Don't trust him. It's all, nope. Don't, don't believe your lying eyes. They can't apologize. They actually can't apologize according to their premises in politics. And the reason they can't apologize is because apologies and grace presuppose a shared theology. If we had a shared religious view in the United States, as we had from our founding from long before the, the 1776 founding up through just a few decades ago, if we had that shared religion, a politician could come out and say, hey, I'm sorry, I got this wrong. Please forgive me. I'll try to do better next time. And the politician would have had a shot of surviving. We now live in an age where much of the country views itself as post-Christian, which is, there's no such thing as post-Christian. It just means not Christian. And so in, in that kind of culture, there is no grace. There is no mercy. There is no forgiveness. Adam Schiff knows if he admits that he was wrong in any way, he's done. He's toast. It's like Kevin Spacey. It's, it's like any of the, the Me Too movement people, the ones who in any way acknowledge that they did something wrong, which is, I don't know, every single person in Hollywood, but the, the ones who admitted that, their careers were over. And the ones who just stuck by their story and they denied, they're the ones who got to survive. I'll give you a little tease for tomorrow because I want to get to the most important story, which is uh, Starbucks India transing everybody. But just a little tease. We got some polls out on 2024. President Kofefe, who we were told could never possibly win re-election. Donald Trump, he's just going to drive us all off a cliff. His numbers are looking pretty great. So I'll just leave it there with that because I want to get to a much more important story than who is the president of the United States. I want to get to transvestites in India. My favorite comment yesterday is from K2BNY who says, I thought the Lib's favorite talking point was incoherent screaming. It is, you're right. The most articulate spokesman for the libs in recent years was that lady right after Trump got elected the first time who was sta- staring at the sky and she screamed, no, no. So you're right. That is their favorite talking point. Okay, Starbucks, what are you selling me? We got a dad. He's, he's calling his son Arpit. He's looking kind of irritated. His mama. Just listen. Don't get angry this time, please. And in walks a woman. Wait a second. That woman looks a little weird. That woman kind of looks like that dude that the dad was just calling. And then, the, wait a second. That woman. She's got kind of broad shoulders. Okay, okay. I know, dad, but he's not feeling it. 
लेकिन आज भी मेरे लिए सब कुछ हो But you still mean the world to me. And then dad is there. He clearly he misses his son. Coffee. Even if his son's wearing a dress. Three cold coffees for Arpita. Do you want coffee? Three coffees for Arpita. Three cold coffees for Arpita. Arpit is the man's name, you see, but Arpita is the girl's name. Lele to aaj bhi mera bachcha. The dad says for me you're still my kid. बस एक लेटर ही तो ऐड हुआ है तेरे नाम ने ओनली अ लेटर हैज गॉट एडेड टू योर नेम सम गॉट सबट्रैक्टेड टू बाय द वे दैट्स द दैट्स द ग्रिजलीर पार्ट लेटर वाज एडेड सो व्हाट वी हैड वन लेटर एडेड एंड देन वी हैड सम अदर बॉडी पार्ट्स सबट्रैक्टेड सो ऑन द होल सेम पर्सन ओके ओके स्टारबक्स इंडिया आई'd बी क्यूरियस टू सी व्हाट काइंड ऑफ कमर्शियल स्टारबक्स पाकिस्तान इज पुटिंग आउट डू यू थिंक स्टारबक्स पाकिस्तान इज पुटिंग आउट द प्रो ट्रांस Commercials. I'm a little bit skeptical of that, I, I, but but in the West and in more pro-Western countries, even in the subcontinent, in India, you see this pro-trans propaganda. the The most jarring part of this commercial to me is this man who now thinks he's a woman saying, "Hey, Dad, I know it's been years. I know it's been years. What does that mean?" Does it mean this this guy hasn't talked to his father for years? I don't care what dress you're wearing or what delusions you're entertaining. That's wrong. That's not a nice thing to do. It's not not a nice thing to just not talk to your father for years. So the father here, you you really feel for the guy because he's sitting there. His son is engaging in bizarre, deviant, and destructive sexual behavior. But he loves his son, and he does, he wants to have a relationship with his son. So he says, "Okay, I guess I have to lie. I guess the only option I'm left with right now, that this culture is leaving me with, is I've got to just lie and go tell the barista to get me three coffees for Arpita. Okay, and now I lied, and now my son will accept me again, and now we can all sit and talk. It is so sad. It, it reminds me of that clip from Family Guy, where." Wagmire's dad is a transvestite, and he's sitting at a bar. And the bartender comes up and says, "Excuse me, ma'am, you can't look at pornography on your phone at the bar. It's just there. He's just watching porn at the bar. So you can't do that. We don't allow that at this bar." And then Quagmire's dad, who is dressed like a woman, he says, "No, no, no. You don't understand. I'm trans." And then the bartender says, "Oh, okay. In that case, do whatever you want." <laughs> You can just do whatever you want and you'll never be held accountable for anything because you have a delusional perception of yourself. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's where we are. As though if you if you can claim this defect of perception, then you can get away with anything. You can get away with murder, okay? In the in the eyes of the media, you literally can get away with murder. That seems wrong. doesn't it in the old culture what we would have done is we would have said hey arpita um no you're a man and no i know you're doing bad things and you you've done some bad things in part because of your defective perception so we're going to fix your perception and in our modern culture what do we do we say if you want to be a good person you want to get along in society at all you want to be allowed to function even according to the law Oh, you just have to lie. Write Arpita on the cup of coffee, and then you're fine. 
Uh, also, in more trans pop culture news, because even as the as the people recoil against transgenderism, even as Pew Research shows that 60% of Americans recognize that transgenderism is fake, even as Bud Light continues to lose market cap and, and sales, even still, companies are peddling transgenderism because the ideologues who hold on to the purse strings, they continue to push it. Now for a pride ad, some dudes are modeling women's bathing suits for Adidas. Okay, there, okay, you get the picture. I don't need, we don't need to see anymore. I've seen enough, <laughs> I've seen enough. I'm not even totally opposed in theory to men wearing bathing suits that look somewhat like this because that's what men did in the 1920s in like really old timey beach bathing suits. But they shouldn't be wearing these kind of thong like bathing It should be like full body bathing suits, like the burkini almost, but for men. I, I could understand that. That's not what's going on here. The, the suits are stylized to be as, as womanly as possible. And then the dudes who are being picked to model them are fairly masculine. These are intentionally masculine looking dudes. And it's just to shove it in your face. It's just to beat you down into submission. The purpose of these commercials is not, as the transgenderists would pretend, to convince you that these dudes are actually chicks. The purpose of these commercials is to shove right in your face that these are dudes. They are so obviously dudes and to force you to lie. And they say this is all for Pride Month. Here we go. We got another month. I told you. You know I hate to say I told you so. You know those slippery slope fallacies. They're always so fallacious. But what happened? Back when Pride Day was a day, we all said, you know, this is going to spread. And then Pride Day became Pride Week, and then Pride Week became Pride Month, and that was the month of June. But June wasn't enough. (laughs) So then the LGBT LMNOP people, they took October. October became LGBT History Month. So now that meant that the LGBT movement had one-sixth of the calendar year. But I don't know if you've checked your calendars recently. It's not June yet. It's May. It's, not, it's mid-May. And we're already seeing all of the pride stuff, which means that the LGBT element of P, they have colonized one quarter of the year, and they are showing no signs of stopping. We are headed toward pride year. We are headed toward pride perpetuity. That's where we are. Get your bathing suits ready, fellas. Now, we've got a lot more show coming up, but this is only for the creme de la creme. This is only for the inner circle of people, not you hoi polloi out there on YouTube and elsewhere. This is for the people who are Daily Wire members. If you're not a member yet, head on over to dailywire.com slash Knowles. Use code Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, at checkout for two months free on all annual plans.